and welcome to the Nathan Wrestling Podcast. Today we'll be doing a little review of Backlash, answering some questions and a little talky bit on why Charlotte Flair is overutilised and who deserves a push. All that coming up on this podcast. First question we've got is who is your favourite wrestler of all time and why? Well that's a bit of a tough question. There's loads. Steve Austin and Seth Rollins. But I'm probably gonna go with Stone Cold Steve Austin because he's just Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh why? Because he's really good at promos and was really good at wrestling. What? <laughs> yeah. I know I'm not really answering this question very good, but Steve Austin. Well, we'll say Steve Austin, yeah. Next question we've got is favourite wrestling moment of all time. I've got a bit of a more obvious answer to this than the last one. Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 31. Mania 31 was the first Mania I watched live. So, that moment was really good, and my favourite of all time, as said. I really enjoyed it because nobody had ever cashed in at WrestleMania before, had they? Let alone the main event of the entire pay-per-view. It was a really good end to a really good show. So, Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank, Mania 31. That's my favourite wrestling moment of all time. Close runner-up, let's think. AJ Styles debuting at the Royal Rumble 2016 because such a big name debuting that probably could have hit top if it wasn't focused on Roman Reigns the whole time but yeah Mania 31 Seth Rollins cash in followed by AJ Styles' Royal Rumble 2016 debut that's my answer Next question is favourite return of the 2010s. Tough one, tough one. Uh, Who returned in the 2010s? Edge was 2020, so I can't say Edge. uh, Any big other returns? Rey Mysterio at the 2018 Royal Rumble. I guess I'm going to go for that. Probably not actually my answer. I just, you know, can't think of any good returns in this decade so yeah I'll say Rey Mysterio actually no I'll take that back he's second Daniel Bryan returning from his neck injury Daniel Bryan biggest return of the 2010s technically he had two (laughs) but yeah Daniel Bryan after his fourth year break with his injury career ending injury Daniel Bryan Rey Mysterio second there's my answer Thanks for listening to my answer. The next question is asking about my opinions on Rob Van Dam. I really liked what I saw of him in ECW. Yeah, he was really good in ECW. WWE, I didn't really watch much. Impact, I'm not really watching much, but he 
seems good. Uh, quite old now. Probably going to near the end of his run over an impact. I mean, he's had a good run, hasn't he? So, best, best ECW wrestler there was of all time. I'll say that. See, big praise for Rob Van Dam. I know how they even watch his stuff. I went back to see some ECW stuff. I really liked him in that. Alongside Sabu, Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, the Dudleys. So yeah, really good in ECW. Haven't seen much of him since. My opinions on Rob Van Dam is talented wrestler. Haven't really seen much, but that's what I've got of what I can see. So that's my opinions on Rob Van Dam. Next question is another hard one. It's favourite match of all time. There's a lot of answers I could do for this. A lot of obvious answers. Like Alicia Fox versus Melina. <laughs> Edge versus Randy Orton. Now that was a good match to be fair. More on that later. The person who asked this says theirs is Austin Hart. That's definitely up there. But I'm saying... Undertaker versus HBK at Mania 25 because both men were in their prime and really good wrestlers and put on one hell of a match. Obviously, other matches up there Austin Hart, she said, uh, Hart, Bret Hart, oh, oh, sorry, like Michaels, Bret, Edge, and Randy. <laughs> It wasn't a bad match. Omega or Carter, but I've never actually watched any of their matches. And I know. WWE fanboy. Kill me. Uh, so, yeah. What I said. Undertaker versus HPK Mania 25. Brilliant match. Another close runner-up is HPK, HHH, and Era 404. Code not found in the main event of Mania 20 because that was a really fun triple threat match. But I'm rambling here. Taker, HBK, Mania 25, brilliant match. Set up a match the next year, which was brilliant, but not as brilliant. Taker, HBK, Mania 25, really good match. Obviously, third is Alicia Fox versus Melina. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking. Austin Hart's probably third. Anyway, done. I'm really liking this next question. Who was wrong in the Montreal screw job? Vince. And Bret Hart was just leaving for WCW and didn't want certain results to happen in his hometown. Fair dues. Vince McMahon screwed over Bret Hart. Which no wrestling booker should do. Ever. Just because he's leaving for WCW. Let's screw him out the title. Only a few people knew about it. Vince. Shawn Michaels. Uh, the referee, I think. And that's it. So, it was a very sad thing. The Montreal screw job, but it happened. Somehow the WWE were fine after it. 
somehow Bret Hart went back into the WWE. You know, never say never in the WWE. Uh, Vince McMahon was wrong to do what he did in the Montreal screw job, but it happened, and everyone's over it. Well, everyone, all parties involved, like Vince, Sean, Brett, Earl Hebner, I think he was the referee. So, yeah, that's my answer. This one's a very fun question. If you had to make a faction led by Triple H as their manager, which indie superstars that are currently or formerly in NXT would you put in the faction and what would you name the faction? Right, this is going to take a lot of thinking. So we'll say six people will limit ourselves to and only in NXT. I think we'll go with like two main male stars, a tag team, two females, because that could be fun. So NXT... Uh, who would I put in a faction? Velveteen Dream. No, that's a bit awkward, but I'll put him in it. No, he's not going to be the main guy. Finn Balor is going to help Triple H leading the faction. As sorts. And they're going to go raid the main roster to beat them all up. You know? Bam, 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 bam. Destroy the new day. Destroy Zelina Vega's boys. Destroy Seth Rollins and his disciples. And Finn Balor's going to be the main leading force behind that alongside Hunter. So Balor, leader, and then the Velveteen Dream. Obviously Triple H is more the leader, but Balor's like co-leader. And then, I think, I know this means a second manager, but Indushare. I think they're called, with Malcolm Bivens. So he's going to be on the outside of Triple H because I think you want to make these you guys look good. They're not exactly indie stars, but they are NXT talent. And I think them being in a big faction could help them, obviously, alongside a lot of experience with them, Triple H. Malcolm Bivens probably has a bit of experience, although I don't really know. Balor, Dream. Although Dream's in his early 20s, but Balor and Triple H a lot of experience. Then I'll probably go with another just singles male person. Uh, I'd probably have to go with... Um, I'm really stuck on who else to put in this faction. So before I say that one, Shotzi Blackheart. Mm-hmm. Shotzi Blackheart, the one with the mini tank. I think it would be fun for her to get involved with it, be on the women's side, come up to Raw and SmackDown, tear all the women apart. So, yeah. Uh, for another one, I'm quite stuck, but I want to do another one. So we've got Balor, Dream, Indu Share with Malcolm Bivens, Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, <laughs> come on, who's like Triple H in NXT? Damien Priest, I know he's nothing like Triple H, but Damien Priest, I'd put him in this faction. I know, he's feuding with Balor, that wouldn't work. Well, it wouldn't happen right now, would it? Uh, Damien Priest, so the roles we've got is Finn Balor 
He's like co-leader to Triple H, second in command. Then we've got the Velveteen Dream. He's going to be like f fighting for the top title. Like the Universal or WWE. Then we've got Indusha with Malcolm Bivens. They're going to be obviously going up with after tag teams like the Viking Raiders, Street Profits, New Day. All them. Usos. Usos. When Jimmy Usos back and... uh. Uh, any other teams I can think of? Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. Then we've got Damian Priest. He'll go after the mid-card belts. Solidify himself as a good mid-card champion. US or IC. Take the belt off Apollo. I know. I know, he's just won it and deserved a push for, what, six years? But yeah, Damian Priest, US champion over in Raw. That could be fun with this little faction. Then we've got Shotty Blackheart, finally, the woman, going after the women's belts. Taking the belt, maybe. Oh, jeez. Asuka's just won it. Barely. Have a triple threat at SummerSlam. Barely, Sasha, Shotzi, and have Shotzi win. Because Barely and Sasha are trying to one-up each other. There we are. Doesn't need a title for a one-on-one -on -one match. Or maybe do that at Extreme Rules, I don't know. Anyway... There's my little faction led by Triple H. So we've got Triple H, Finn Balor, Velveteen Dream, Damian Priest, Indusher, and I know they're not exactly indie talents, and Shotty Blackheart. There's my faction. So yeah, there it is. You've got it. Let me just run that down for you one more time. Balor, Triple H leading, Velveteen Dream, Damian Priest, Indusher, and Malcolm Bivens, Shotty Blackheart. There's the answer. Next one is also a long question about Triple H. What do you think the first 10 things Triple H will do if he takes over WWE? Well, this is a very tough, tough, tough question. Right, I'm not going to say the first 10, but I'm going to say 10 things I think Triple H would do. Firstly, make Raw two hours. Because three-hour Raw is ridiculous to book. Second, fire Kevin Dunn. A big one. A big one, I know. But with Kevin Dunn there, he's not getting anything done. What else do I think? Uh, probably cancel 205 because it's a useless program. Nobody watches it. Just have the cruiserweights on NXT. The, having cruiserweight matches on NXT, just keep it like that because 205 lads are a load of rubbish. That's three. The fourth, I'd probably say expand NXT. Officially solidify it as the third brand. Make sure to plug it as the third brand. Uh, what else do I think you'd do? Have a draft. I know, random. But a draft, not just Raw v Smackdown. Like a Raw versus Smackdown versus NXT. Draft so we could see the likes of Brock Lesnar showing up on Wednesday night NXT. Uh, sixth, what else would he do? Uh, I don't know. Have Paul Heyman involved somehow creatively. 
I know he's just lost his job to Pritchard, but Triple H knows he's got a really creative mind. And Triple H knows he's really he would be really good in the role. So yeah. Uh eighth I think is next. Probably uh I'm completely stuck now. Stop all part timers winning titles. Not all, maybe Brock can have a title win. But don't be given the titles to Goldberg, Brock, Taker, ahead of the likes of Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, uh, Cesaro, um, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, John Morrison, Kofi Kingston, like, you get the gist. Have them as the world champions, the big the big boy champions, rather than Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, Undertaker, because they wrestle three times a year. Sometimes one. Like with Goldberg this year, beating The Fiend just to go on to face Roman Reigns, which didn't even end up happening. He lost to Braun, even if he was facing Roman. It's stupid. If you want Roman to win the title, just have him... Win it off the fiend, and if you want Goldberg v Roman, it doesn't need the title, does it? No, it doesn't. And then I'll probably say one more. Uh, let a lot more people compete elsewhere. I don't know if Triple H will do this, but if I was to take over WWE, I would. Like how NXT stars, well, Matt Riddle used to compete, go and still compete in progress. How, like, ICW gets some guys back every so often. How when Drew McIntyre re-signed with NXT, what culture pro wrestling was still allowed to use him to quickly get the title off him? Stuff like that. We not quickly get the title off him, but I reckon he'd let some main roster guys, obviously not your Romans, your Brawns, your Braves, your Brocks, but... Some mid-card guys. Maybe Shinsuke, New Japan. Just let some of them guys, if you're not going to have any plans with them in your stacked roster, let them go and compete elsewhere. That's what I'm saying. Obviously not maybe AEW if they're a top rival, but like let them go and compete in Japan. Indie promotions, let them have that. Like If you've got no plans to even use, say, Titus O'Neil on live events, and you want to let him try and see what it's like on indies because he's never really done that. Let him go and compete in the indies. Stuff like that would be really fun and would get all the fans on side with Triple H being in charge of the whole company. Thanks for that question. I enjoyed answering that. Colossal, we come these renegades in the ring. Oh, we're lost and found, and the crowd on the circus kings. Go fight it, it's coming for you, running at you. This moment, this moment, don't care what comes after. This running out, shining everything that you know. Coming, and you wanna go where it's covered in all the colored lights and the runaways and run of the night. 
Impossible comes true. It's taking over you. Oh, this is the greatest show. Backlash! You're welcome for that, and you know what time this is. Backlash review. So let's start off with the kick-off short of Backlash. Apollo Crews versus Andrade for the United States Championship. Fun little match. Angel Garza got involved. Kevin Owens got involved. Selena Vega got involved. Everybody got involved. It was fun. Just a good way to start off the show with the kickoff show. We also got to see Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe on commentary at the same time, which was fun. Yeah, Apollo Crews beat Andrade in like 10 minutes, so I wasn't really counting. <laughs> To keep the US title after some shenanigans with KO, Angel Garza, Zelina Vega. Anyway, Apollo Crews won. Looked like a little bit of a botched pinfall because the ref made sure his shoulders were down before he counted for the 1 2 3. Maybe that little bit wasn't meant to wrap him. But still, botched finish. It was still a fun match. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's happening with Apollo Crews' US title run from here. Who he's going to wrestle. But sadly, it doesn't look like the Andrade, Gaza, Owens thing is done. Which is pretty sad. So yeah, I, I don't, I want that to be done in entire honesty. But it wasn't. Now let's move on to the main show. Sasha Banks and Bailey putting the Women's Tag Team Championships on the line to start the show. Against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics. You're also welcome for that. So... I predicted Billy Billy Kay and Peyton Bloody Rice to get the win, but they didn't. But they didn't take the pinfall. So it was a fun little 20, 15 minute match to open up the actual show. The Iconics didn't win, sadly, like I'd have loved them to. Neither did Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Sasha Banks and Bailey got the win. Somehow they're not split up yet. This is taking years. Um, so one of the Iconics, can't remember. Billy Kale, Peyton Royce, one of them, was down. Alexa Bliss hit a Twisted Bliss. Sasha Banks gets in the ring, quickly rolls up Alexa Bliss for the one, two, three. Sasha Banks and Bailey are still the women's tag team champions. It was a fun little match. No, it was special. Sasha Banks and Bailey keep the titles for a bit longer. Maybe they'll drop them at Extreme Rules. Also, got a note. The Wednesday, we'll see Shotty Blackheart and Tegan Knox challenge them for the titles, which could be fun. But yeah, Sasha Banks barely keep the titles. Nothing special. So we'll move on. Next up, the drug feud Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. After the wee thing, you're chucking his, his pee over Sheamus. Yeah, and I'm not on about the green things. Jeff Hardy was set to wrestle Sheamus on Backlash. Believe it or not, he lost. Sheamus got his comeuppance for the pee being thrown on him. Or should I say apple juice? But anyway, Sheamus beat Jeff Hardy in a really good match, actually. Because some could say the greatest wrestling match ever. That's a joke. It was a really fun match. It looked like it went about 20 minutes. It was really good to watch. Considering how old they both are, it was really fun. Uh, Sheamus picked up the win. Can't exactly remember how it finished. Some sort of bro kick. 
there was a lot of finishes in this for the 20 minutes. But Sheamus gets the win. Sad to say there was no Hackerman after this or the women's tag team match, which was pretty a big letdown. But Sheamus beats Jeff Hardy. I had Jeff Hardy for this, but Sheamus winning it's still fun. Hopefully this leads to an Extreme Rules match at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view in a few weeks. Because I'd like to see them with weapons after what I saw at Backlash. Moving on to the next match. Asuka versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship. I mean, I'm not going to deny, I mean... It was awful compared to their other matches. Luckily, Nia Jax didn't kill her. It ended in a double count-out. A match ending in a double count-out is not what we want to see. Asuka keeps the title. There wasn't even Kyrie said or Charlotte Flair. I said Asuka. I mean, I'm sort of right because she kept the title, but it, it wasn't what I expected it to be. It, it wasn't anywhere near as good. I mean, I would say, can you really expect good with Nia Jax? But she wasn't bad. The match was just god-awful. I mean, maybe not. If they give it a bit more time, and, like, had it go a little bit longer, had an actual normal finish, instead of having them both counted out, then maybe I would have liked it a bit more. But they didn't have that finish. Asuka keeps the title, but also looks like an absolute muppet in the process, and they've made Nia look strong. Right, it looks like they're going to lead to Charlotte Flair taking the title off her. But surely, if you want that, and you want it to be a screwy draw and keep Nia strong, have Charlotte Flair beat them both up. Not a double count out, not even have Charlotte there. Because that makes them just look like idiots. And then, here's Charlotte. At least if Charlotte beats them up. Oh, well, they tried to have a good match. Here's Charlotte Flair. But no. A double count out, really... God awful finish. Not excellent match. And I know Nia Jax can actually put on decent matches with Oscar, so it's sad to say this match wasn't decent, in my opinion. Next up, handicap match for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman defending the Universal title against the team of The Miz and John Morrison. So, fun to note that John Morrison and The Miz made a song before this, a second one. Hey, 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 ho, ho. The Universal Champion needs to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, the Universal Champion's here to go. Oh, yeah, anyway, I'll, I'll not sing anymore. I'll get copyright struck because we're both all god-awful singers. Anyway, Braun Strowman absolutely decimated Miz and Morrison in a few minutes. I predicted that, so I can't pretend I'm that annoyed. But I am annoyed because it's Miz and Morrison. It's... We should note that they did have it won at one point, Miz and Morrison. John Morrison, one, two, about to get three. Before the Miz pulled John Morrison off himself to try and get the title. Which obviously foreshadowed Braun. Absolutely decimating the Miz. Absolutely decimating John Morrison. Hitting Morrison with a power slam. One, two, three. There's your match. Braun Strowman keeps the Universal Championship and something that's irritating me because I hate Braun Strowman's reign at the moment. It's ruining SmackDown. No Otis to cash in. Oh yeah! But, oh no! 
I'm not cashing in on Big Daddy Braun. No. <laughs> yeah, that. No, Otis didn't cash in. The Fiend didn't show up. A bit awful, if you ask me. Oh, my, it wasn't a bad handicap match. It made Braun look good and like a viable champion. It makes the SmackDown tag team division look weak. But all the tag team divisions look weak anyway, don't they? Braun wins. Fun little handicap match. That's all that can be said. Next up, it's a match I was actually really looking forward to, considering what these two guys had done in TNA, or Impact, or whatever it was called when they did it. Drew McIntyre putting the WWE Championship on the line against Bobby Lashley at Bob Lash. Uh, Drew got the win. This was a good match. I could have said it was a decent match, nearly as good as the TNA matches, until the finish. As you realise with WWE, everything's good until the end. Lana came out after 10-15 minutes of a decent match. More or less distracted Bobby Lashley. She went flying off the apron after McIntyre hit Lashley with a headbutt. She went flying into MP- MVP. Montel Vontanius Porter. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Lashley turns around, Claymore, one, two, three. He was your winner and still the WWE champion, Drew McIntyre. Fun little match. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen next with Drew. I think he's going to have another match with Bobby at Bob Ream Rules. I know that doesn't work, Extreme Rules. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, maybe another match. I wouldn't really complain. They'll maybe trap him in a steel cage because Alana can't get involved. Nobody wants Lana involved. And we don't want MVP involved. Nobody wants MVP involved. So yeah, we'll probably do... If we do do a steel cage match at Extreme Rules between McIntyre and Lashley, you can thank me for thinking about it first, WWE. You're welcome. And no, that's not a call to the rock. So yeah, it was a fun match. Moving on. The Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders. Now this was one of two things, depending on how you look at this type of stuff. A load of crap or really entertaining. To me, it was really entertaining, but I've liked a finish and not a weird 10-minute cinematic brawl. So they just destroyed Braun Strowman's car after the Street Profits threw Eric on it. And then they just... Had a weird brawl, golf clubs, axes, all that stuff. Angelo Dawkins spearing Ivar through a glass window. Yeah. Akira Tozawa was involved in this with his group of biking ninjas. I bet you never expected that from Backlash, and if I'm honest, neither did I. So yeah, there was no match. It was just a weird cinematic brawl, no ending. The Prophets are still the champions. Almost as screwy a finish as what happened with Asuka. Almost, because this was an actual cinematic brawl that they set out to be. Now, let's move on to the main event. The greatest wrestling match ever, Alicia Fox versus Melina, main event of back... No. Randy Orton versus Edge. Right, these guys take a bow because... Randy Orton and Edge had unrealistic expectation on them. 
Randy Orton is known for being a boring worker. Edge has wrestled in two matches since having a nine-year break, that being a Last Man Standing match and a Royal Rumble. He's not actually had a proper wrestling match in entirety since he returned. So Randy picked up the win here, but it would have set up a third match if Edge wasn't injured. That's sad to see that Edge has suffered an injury. But maybe it leads to Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam, which I won't complain about, really. So, it was like a 50-minute match. It was longer than the Mania match, but it was a lot better than the Mania match and actually worked with the time. Also, I like the bit at the start where they had the Welcome to Madison Square Garden and Howard Finkel introducing them. Oh no, it's a ghost. <laughs> no, it was old voiceovers of where it, Howard Finkel introduced them. It was really good having that bit. But what I didn't like was all the lights dimming and whoa. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Whoa. Been searching through the dark, the space smoking through the floor. Whoa. Colossal we come, these renegades in the wing. This is the greatest show. To be fair, it was a really good match. But people are going to crap all over it. Because it wasn't the greatest wrestling match ever as advertised. It was amazing, the match between Orton and Edge. If I'm honest. Randy Orton wins. I'm very shocked. That was Randy Orton's probably best match in a decade. And Edge really showed that he still has it. A famous wrestling chant. You still got it, Edge. You still got it. It was fun. Really good end to a decent pay-per-view. Obviously, there was a few screwy things in the pay-per-view. Asker and Nia Jax finish. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley finish. The whole Street Profits Viking Raiders thing. The Viking Profits versus Akira Zawa's gang of bikers. <laughs> oh, I want to see Akira Zawa on Raw with his bikers against the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders. Book it, Vince. But yeah, it, it was a fun show. Nothing more to be said. Orton, Drew, Braun. A draw between Asuka and Nia Jax, a cinematic brawl between the Prophets and the Raiders, Sasha Banks and Bailey, Apollo Crews and Sheamus. That's like what happened. It was a fun show. Glad you enjoyed my review. The Omniflare! That's what we're talking about right now. Just on the backlash review, answered some questions. Now it is time for a chat about Charlotte Flair. Why is Charlotte being pushed so much? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Here's why! Sorry, Simon Miller. Sorry for copyright infringement. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Why is Charlotte Flair being pushed so much? I think 
There's a lot of reasons. Firstly, she's like the female Roman Reigns. I know she's talented, Roman's talented, but the second you shove someone down their throat, down, down the audience's throats, they don't like them. Hulk Hogan. I mean, was he really that talented? Well, he's still pretty talented, but the second you went, he is the top guy. Wait, the fans didn't turn him in then because that was wrestling back then. But they would if it was now. Then, John Cena. Cena was like... Cena's a talented guy. A very, very talented guy. But the second they pushed him down everybody's throats for years, nobody likes him. Well, the hardcore fan base doesn't like him. The little children, including me at one point, loved him. Then there's Roman Reigns. A very talented dude. But the second you push him down everybody's throats, they turn on them. Charlotte Flair, a very talented lass. But the second you say, this is the woman you should care about, nobody cares about her. Well, they care about her, but they don't want to see her pushed all the time. Give it to different people. Charlotte can have a reign every once in a while. Let Becky have a shot. Let Sasha have a shot. Let Bliss. Liv Morgan. Ruby Riot. Bianca Belair. Switch it up a bit. Have different people at the top. Shayna Baszler. Kyrie Sane. Asuka. Not Nia Jax, because Nia Jax is a crap wrestler. Sorry, Nia Jax, if you're listening. Which I know you're not. So, the first one is the fact she's talented. Really talented. But WWE loves her a bit too much. Secondly... A background. I mean, she's Ric Flair's daughter. If you go into the wrestling business and you're the daughter or the son of the greatest wrestler of all time, I know, earlier in this, I said Steve Austin was the greatest wrestler of all time. Opinions, people. Opinions. People think it's Rick. I think it's Steve Austin. I'll just refer to him as it if I want to. So if you're the daughter of one of the greatest of all time, there you go. Are you happy? then you're automatically going to be seen as this is a big deal. I've heard that Simeone Johnson, the Rock's daughter, is training with the Performance Centre. Wait, the second she debuts on NXT, she's going to have a lot of expectation. That's the Rock's daughter. That's Ric Flair's daughter. Do you get it? Like, when they start, if you're the daughter or son of one of the most successful people in the business... You're going to instantly be thought of as, they're going to be damn good. Yeah. It's just facts. Anybody in the Samoan family, like the big Samoan dynasty, Reigns, Usos, Rock, Kishi, Vader, not Vader, Yoko Zuna, Umaga, all them really good wrestlers. We're well, not really good wrestlers, but they had expectation on them. That's for sure. Another thing why Charlotte is pushed down everybody's throat. And as I'm thinking this, my throat's beginning to hurt. Must be Charlotte Flair being shoved down it. The fact that Vince likes female wrestlers who have good looks. To him, at least. I mean, Charlotte's not that bad. Charlotte Flair's not that bad looking. Vince McMahon's going to want to push her. I mean, why do you think... 
she's the one getting all the pushes and not Shayna Baszler. Because I heard a story that was about Shayna Baszler maybe losing a WWE push due to her looks. She's a UFC fighter. She's a really talented wrestler. She cares. You were going to push her. You can't just cancel her push because she's not blonde and doesn't have the best of looks. I mean, Vince McMahon, get your act together, son. I don't know, I've just called a 74-year-old man's son. Vince. Oh, I'm going to say if you're listening to this. <laughs> but I, 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 I said this about Nia Jags. Why would Vince McMahon be listening to this? Uh, Vince. Sort out your weird obsession with good-looking female wrestlers, please. Thank you, Vince. Push different people. Charlotte Flair's not God. Oh, uh, yeah. So why is Charlotte Flair being pushed so much? Simple. She looks good and Vince likes the looks of her. She's Ric Flair's daughter. And she's Vince's big dog. No pun intended. Am I right? We're Roman Reigns. <laughs> and with Becky... Going off with a baby. They need a new big woman. Woo! Charlotte Flair steps in. Why not give someone different the spotlight? And when they put her on NXT, you should have had her exclusively on NXT, not shown up everywhere. That was going to get you ratings. Look, it's Charlotte Flair, 10-time women's champion. She's on NXT exclusively. Nobody cares about Charlotte Flair being on NXT if she's on Raw and SmackDown the same week, do they? No, they don't. And if they're going in the direction I think they're going to go, which is Charlotte Flair winning the Raw Women's Championship from Asuka, well, let's just hope she doesn't have it very long. 13th title reign. Ooh, she's closing in on the 16. WWE says Ric Flair has. Look at this, she's better than her father. It was the greatest ever. She's better than him. But I just stop. I know. I'm ranting. This is the why is Charlotte Flair pushed down everybody's throat, and I'm just shouting about how. Why do we do. Why Vince McMahon's got a weird obsession with Charlotte Flair? Sort it out, Vince. Push different people. It's the same with the men. Roman Reigns. Push other people. Not everything is about Roman Reigns winning at WrestleMania in the main event. Push other people. And I'm glad with what they did with Drew McIntyre winning the WWE title. Apollo Crews, US champion. Some fun champions now. Drew, Apollo, didn't really get noticed before this year. Uh, Banks and Bailey. Um, um, Bailey again. Mm. Asuka, wait, what else is there? the Street Profits, I mean, if they were actually cared about them Raw Tag Titles, it would mean something. There's your champions on Raw. That was due to Paul Heyman. Expect to see them all losing now. Expect to see Ricochet and Alexander even more buried than they already were. I know, what's this got to do with Charlotte Flair? Now, I'm just talking random rubbish. So, Charlotte Flair... Needs to stop being pushed. She can still have the odd women's title reign. 
just don't have her at the top every single second of every single minute of every single hour of every single show. You get that? Thank you. That's it for this little bit. In a bit. Who should be pushed in the WWE? I wonder. Who am I going to say? Cough, Cesaro, cough. Bye. Right, I'm back. This is a little bit of talk about who I think deserves the big push in the WWE. Who hasn't already got it? I'll give a few names on who I think should get the push. Who obviously deserves it. So first up, you probably already realised this from what I've been talking about. Cesaro. The Swiss cyborg. The Swiss superman. Whatever he's going by now. The Swiss dude. Anyway, all Cesaro's been doing is being in a, being the bottom of a mid-card group. He's one of the most talented guys in the company. He shouldn't be rotting as a jobber on a main event. He should be competing for the world championship because he's one hell of a talented guy. Cesaro should be competing with Braun Strowman for that universal championship. Not being jobbed to Big E every week. To Chad Gable. Although Chad Gable and Big E are very talented dudes. In their own right. And could get a little mention later on in this section. Spoilers ahead. Cesaro. I mean what's he actually done? Won the first ever Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Nobody cares about that. Being United States Champion. Nobody cares about that. So. Hmm. Cesaro should easily be pushed to the moon in WWE, but somehow isn't. Do-do. Second, we have Shinsuke Nakamura. He has actually done some good stuff in WWE. Let's start. He had a really good run in NXT, two-time NXT champion. Maybe his NXT title run could have been a bit better than just... Hot potato wing it with some more Oh, what was that? Uh, but when he got to the main roster, within a year, he won the Royal Rumble by last eliminating John Cena and Roman Reigns, two of WWE's Golden Boys. It all looks good. And then he goes on to WrestleMania. Faces AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. He loses. He just straight up loses. In a match that was a lot worse than people expected it to be. And then he turned heel afterwards. Alright, Shinsuke heel run. Let's let it be good. He just fell off a cliff after that. He hasn't been good since that Mania loss. And that was a year into his main WWE run. Shinsuke is a very talented guy like Cesaro, rotting at the bottom of a mid-card group, a lower mid-card group at that, with Sami Zayn when he wasn't when he was around. Shinsuke, along with Cesaro, deserve to be near the top of the company, but they're not. Both of them could easily both be competing for the world championship in big feuds with Roman. 
John Cena, Bray Wyatt, but they are not. That's the thing. It's ridiculous. Right, third. To do. Third. Well, I was going to say this before. I've been saying this for ages. Apollo Cruz. Looks like now they're actually starting to do something with him, giving him the United States Championship. But they've had him on the runs for six years. I think he should have honestly stayed in NXT a little bit longer. Done something. Then being called up to the main roster when good and ready. And got a push on the main roster. But instead, he got called up to the main roster way too early. Hadn't done anything of note in NXT. Not even people who knew about him in NXT really knew about him. He came up as a jobber for ages. And now he's won the US title from Andrade. I'm looking forward to seeing what things happen. But as for now, I'm yet to see what he's really going to do. What's he done with the US title in these few weeks? Beat Andrade. Had a weird draw with Kevin Owens. Teamed with Kevin Owens and beat Andrade in Gaza. Beat Andrade. Have him beat other people. Defend against other people. People who deserve pushes that I might have mentioned before or earlier. So, before or after. Sorry. That was a bit weird. Polo Cruz. Do you know what? Maybe even push him higher. You don't even need to push him higher than the US title. Just make the US title mean something. It's not that hard. Fourth. Ba-bum. Chad Gable. I'm not saying Shorty G as his name. At all. I'm calling him Chad Gable. Right, the stupidest thing... WWE could have done with Gable was make a joke about him being small have him wear a basketball shirt and call him Shorty G what was Vince or whoever came up with this idea thinking make him Chad Gable again have him be a viable threat I mean it's the same height as Big E and Big E is called Big Shorty G, Chad Gable is called Short. It makes no sense. Let's just change Big E to Shorty, shall we? See how people react to that. He is Chad Gable and deserves a push. I ho- I was hoping he was involved in the hacker stuff till he randomly returned on SmackDown. Oh no, Gable's not involved in the hacker stuff. Sad, sad times. Speaking of hacker stuff... Number five, is it? Mustafa Ali. This one's a bit sad, actually, thinking of it. Remember Kofi Mania? Hmm, that was meant to be about Mustafa Ali. Before he got injured, he was meant to be in that elimination chamber. Meant to be in for a mega push. I know, what are you thinking? A cruiserweight, a mega push, under Vince McMahon? It was actually going to happen. And I feel really sorry for him. One of the worst timed injuries ever. He nearly had as bad time injuries as what Wade Barrett had. It's it's sad. It's it's really sad. Because he really, really, really like deserves that push. He's really good. And I think if they give him another run, 
trying to get to the WWE Championship, it would be fun. But, I'm interested to see where this hacker storyline goes. Is it Mustafa Ali? Or is it CM Punk? Of course it isn't CM Punk. Also, I'm just saying, on the next little podcast, I might do something on who I think this hacker is. Stay tuned for that on the next one. Uh, so yeah, Mustafa Ali, Chad Gable, Apollo Crews, Cesaro, Shinsuke, and I'll do one more. Just wait two seconds. Ba-bam! Number six. Someone else, I think, deserves a big push. This isn't a male this time. How fun. Kairu Sen! What is WWE doing with Kairu Sen? I mean, I would have said Asuka, but now she's won the Raw Women's title and she's won literally everything there is to win. Kairi Sane is just as talented, just as brilliant in the ring. Yet she's not being used at all. She's had like one women's tag title reign. She was good down in NXT. I think she has a victory over Shayna Baszler, I think. I mean, not very many people have victories over Shayna Baszler down in NXT. Kyrie Sane deserves to be at the top of the women's division. Trust me. Let her do what she does for a bit. Maybe your fans might like it. Just a suggestion, Vince. Kyrie Sane needs a push. And out of everybody on this list, Kyrie is probably near the top. So, push her. I'm happy. I can tell you someone else is happy. He's called Wallace. He'd be happy with that. But yeah. Kyrie Sane. Push Kyrie Sane. Push Shinsuke Nakamura. Push Cesaro. Push Apollo Crews. I know you're already partially doing it. Shut up, Vince. Push Chad Gable. And push Mustafa Ali. Obviously, there's more, but that's just my little list of six. Any more? Tell me. I might talk about them in the next podcast. You're welcome. So that was it for this podcast. I hope you really thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed making it. Answering the questions, talking about the Omniflare, making a little review of Backlash, and talking about wrestlers that deserve pushes. Tell me stuff you think should be talked about in the next one. If you like the little Backlash review and want to see more reviews, maybe weekly shows... Of just the pay-per-views. Or old pay-per-views, in fact. Tell me. Because I really enjoyed this. Goodbye.